2: Stories of Chains Broken and Hearts Restoring. Here are your hosts, Jim Moore and Pastor Dwight Anderson. Well, hello, church. And just a personal comment, Pastor Dwight. Don't you love that song? Absolutely. Don't you love it's the wonderful. name? I mean, I don't mean yeah. to go all religious on you, but every time we're sitting in the studio, we listen to that music, and it just it gets me every time. There's power. There's power. The There's power. This is Jim Moore, everybody. I'm the executive director for the R3 Collaborative recovery from treatment and addiction, mm-hmm. re-entry from prison and incarceration, but here's the most mm-hmm. important part, renewal in Christ. Amen. Hearts change through Christ. Amen. I have my partner, Pastor Dwight Anderson, Prison Mission Association. And we're talking prison today, aren't we? We're talking yes. jails today. Yeah, we're going
0: behind bars.
2: We're going behind bars. Yes. Oh, everybody get ready. <laughs> everybody get ready.
0: That's where and it's and
2: it, it is what's happening. And last week, you if you joined us last week, if not, you can go to am980themission.com and you can get podcasts of all shows. But last week we had Saul Selby. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you may have heard Saul on the show months ago. He works with Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, mm-hmm. but he was talking about a heart project, which is Missionary Evangelism to Corrections. Short name, MEC, and Saul talked to us last week to fill you in a little bit about, you know, kind of the heart behind the work, jails throughout the Twin Cities area, Mm -hmm. and and it's a place to get volunteers involved, and so, and Tim Walsh, who was his guest, taught, gave a little bit of a testimony, Mm -hmm. but what I love about today is I'm kind of a practical person, And I'm Mm -hmm. saying, well, all that sounds great, but a lot of you out there maybe got the itch or you're feeling the nudge to do something. What's the next step? What are the options? And so today we have the day-to-day operator. Mm -hmm. This is the the MEC sequel, folks. Karen Selby is going to walk us through what kind of opportunities exist, just what missionary evangelism to corrections does. Yep. It's and Saul's he, wife. And, and Saul's wife. Yes. You know, it, it's a, the other half a of lot the of team. ministries are yeah. partnerships. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if you can help transition, Pastor Dwight, I know you and Karen have worked together. You've, I mean, you, you share the same mission field.
0: Yes, because we, we Prison Mission Association, uh, we provide Bible correspondence courses to those incarcerated. So yes, we've um, Karen has promoted us. And actually, if you go to their website, uh, which is mecjailministry.com, They have a lot of good resources, and uh, one of them they have is called the MEC General Resources, and they list us as one of the resources there Uh, with our Bible correspondence courses where they can get college credit for. So they have done that, and so we partner together. We try to work with anybody going into prison, you know, to get the Bible studies out.
2: So this is not just a way to volunteer. This is actually a resource website. Oh, absolutely. Resources for people, um, aftercare. Karen will tell us more about that.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, she'll definitely
2: tell you. Well, then let's cut to the chase. Let's go. She's waiting patiently. So uh, first of all, God bless you, Karen. Um, I don't know you that well, but you've always been a hero of mine. You've, you've been in the trenches for decades. Just God bless you and the work you do. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's introduce you to one of our heroes, Karen mm-hmm. Selby, the Assistant Director of Mich- director of Missionary Evangelism to Corrections. So, so Karen, um, just tell us, first of all, we'd like to introduce you to our friends who are listening. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved with this work.
3: Well, um, I came to the Lord when I was a child. I got involved in MEC because we met a man named John Bartosik, and he um, was doing a Bible study, and he was volunteering with the youth at Lionel Lakes. And so we started volunteering with him, and then Saul eventually got onto the board of MEC. Ah. And.
2: Um, this so would have been they, back in the nineties, maybe. Is this has been a while ago?
3: Right. It was eighty
2: three. Oh! Oh my goodness! Wow! Wow!
3: And then in ninety eight, they asked Saul if he would take over the administration of it, and he said he would do it on a temporary basis until they found someone else. And so <laughs> phone calls started coming into the house. Um, sometimes it would be a program director who was looking for volunteers, or it would be someone who heard a testimony and they wanted to volunteer. So, uh. You know, my anxiety was like, this is going to fall apart if somebody doesn't answer these phone calls and oh. and uh, So I asked if they would go, if the board would hire me, and they did for 10 hours a week at that time, and I was looking mm. for things to fill those hours. Um, but my initial involvement was with the volunteering with the youth at the Liner Lakes uh, Correctional Facility. There's three youth programs there. Okay. And then the medium security with the ladies, um, when the medium security was at Lionel Lakes, it's no longer there. Um, And I couldn't even find time to fit it into my schedule. And one day, (coughs) uh, the Lord just spoke to me. I, I was dealing with a very... Overwhelming sense of loneliness, which I had had in the past, but I had not dealt with it for years. Mm. Through because the Lord had done a lot of healing, and I was like, Lord, what, why is this happening today? I, you know, what, what's going on? And He said to me, I want you to feel what those women feel. Oh. Mm. And then the feeling went away. And after that, every week I, you know, it was no problem to fit it into my schedule. It was mm. just... Uh, the way he worked in my heart to influence me to do something that I wouldn't otherwise not have done.
2: Well, so you kind of stepped up then in in this transition, and and as you've been you know basically managing and leading the day to day, it's grown quite a bit, hasn't it, Karen? As Saul talked last week about from a handful of jails to now like correctional facilities across the cities. In case people weren't listening last week. Tell us a little bit, Karen, about the current scope of MEC, Um, what correction facilities, how many volunteers are involved, and then we'll talk more specifically about what those volunteers do.
3: I knew I should have looked at those statistics a little bit better before I got on here, but we went from about seven or eight services a week at that time to we currently have about 90 services a week.
2: Oh my goodness, that's a jump.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we have 18 jails that we have active volunteers in. Okay. We have a few that we could place people if the right person comes forward. Um, but there's 18 facilities, and uh, the counties are Anoka, Chisago, Hennepin, Ramsey, uh, Scott County, Hubbard County, um, Polk County in Wisconsin, oh, Wow. Uh, yeah, I may have forgotten some of
2: them. Well, so, but that's kind of the listening audience, Pastor Dwight, That, yes, we're, that that's listening is. in right now. That's so exactly if right. people are, Karen, in this broader metropolitan area, reaching into Wisconsin, and they're feeling mm-hmm. that same kind of tug and maybe having that same conversation with him right. that you did, uh, what I hear you saying is that in their own counties, they could actually get involved in some of the county jails. Is that right, Karen? Near where they that's live? The-
3: Some of the counties, there would be openings. Some of them are pretty well-staffed, and they won't let us bring any more in. yeah. Some of them are very open. They want more volunteers. Um, So a lot of it depends on where a person lives, what their schedules are, and what they have to offer. Because what I do is I put pieces together. I I see. What what does someone have to offer, and is there a need for that uh, close enough to their home?
2: and and you kind of personally coach these people. So if if I were to call in the number and by the way, you gave the website pastor Dwight? Yes. mec mec jailministry.com. And can I give your phone number, Karen?
3: 651 There you go. One three zero
2: zero. Okay, four zero six five one four zero eight one three zero zero. So if I called you, you would act. You could kind of coach me into what are the possibilities, where are the openings. But Saul also mentioned last week that I, I wouldn't necessarily have to go into the jails right away. There's there. You would also help me find maybe the right fit, Karen, for how I could help.
3: Correct. Is that right? Um, yes. Okay. yeah. Correct. Um, we have an, the offices in Wyoming, Minnesota, um, and then there are a few things people can do from home that makes a little a little more challenging. But there are okay. a few. Um, prayer is always something that people can do. We have an intercession letter where the inmates will give the the prayer request to the volunteers and we do it by first name only, Mm
1: -hmm.
3: um, so that it's confidential. And then the volunteers will turn those prayer requests into me. That will go on an intercession letter, and people can pray specifically for the inmates and specifically for the volunteers. Now, in addition to that, I encourage everybody to begin to pray for your correction settings, because the... The inmates that are in are going to get out. They're going to be in your community. Uh, the staff are dealing with inmates over the long haul, and sometimes they can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's in there because they were... Um,
0: Choir boys. Yeah, <laughs> Right. Yeah, okay.
3: so, uh, so praying for the staff, praying for the sheriff, the police officers, praying mm-hmm. for family members. Uh and there's ways that you can do that uh, in addition to the intercession letter.
2: Excellent, I heard someone once use the phrase, like water we seek our own level, Mm -hmm. which means there's all kinds of levels from prayer, I could do some things out of my home, or I could actually um, go in, so if I were, or anyone calling, but if we were to go into the jails, what would we do, Karen, are they like Bible studies or groups? What actually happens with with your volunteers inside the correctional facilities in the county jails?
3: Mm -hmm. We do Bible studies, uh, individual spiritual counseling, church services, um, outreach classes, which would be a topic class that's not called Bible studies, but it would be, you you can use scripture and scriptural principles. Mm -hmm. But if um, in some cases we have a re-entry program where you can meet with, but that—that's not. In, there's two of the jails we have that in, and there's potential for that in some of them. But that's a, a another, a yeah. long process. Hmm. Um, so.
2: Well, this yeah. is interesting so that, for me because I'm learning a lot, Karen. I I was thinking Bible studies after Saul spoke last week, but you have actually developed a, almost a network of programs from Bible studies to services, kind of Pastor Dwight, I know it talks mm-hmm. about churches in jail. Yes. Sounds like you got a little church going on in jail. Uh-huh.
3: Well, the church services we have by different groups, so that way the inmates get exposure to different churches and different teachings, although it oh. all needs to be within, you know, according to the Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are... There are, the Bible studies are done by people who can... Or the topical classes, outreach classes, are done by people who can go every week. Maybe every other week, but every week is better. Because okay. you get more of a trust level and a little bit of a discipleship going. So so you've got, you know, the church services done by different rotating schedule and people... That's only once a month. And then the ch- Bible studies that are done weekly... Um, Now, just a a caveat to that, or something that's related to that, is that in county jail, everybody that's arrested first goes to county jail.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So
3: they could just be there for a very short period of time, and you may only see them once. That may be the only time they ever hear the gospel.
1: There you go. Mm -hmm. Or they could
3: be there up to a year, Mm -hmm. and you could have somebody in your group that has never opened up a Bible, they got yeah. drugs in their Christmas stocking when they were 15 or 12, or, or you could have somebody who knows a lot of Scripture, mm-hmm. but then getting it, you know, that longest distance between the head and the heart.
2: That's the longest know. distance, isn't it? Yeah.
0: If you're tuning in right now, you're listening to KKMS 980, The Mission, with Prison Transformation Radio, Changing Hearts with Christ, and we're interviewing Karen Selby, who with uh, Missionary Evangelism to Corrections. And Karen, we love hearing uh, personal testimony, so I don't know if you have a story or a little something you could share a little bit about um, some of the effect and what God has been doing behind bars there through your ministry.
3: I'm going to share with you a story. I'm going to call her Missy uh, because I did not get permission to...
1: Okay. I right, hoped
3: to talk to her before today and get permission, and I didn't. So I'm going to change her name a little bit, Missy.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, she came to the one of the work release programs, uh, and that's another thing about jails is you've got your detention centers, you've got your work release, your workhouse, and then you've got, um, you know, so there's more than one, there's men's, women's, and youth, and they all have a little bit dis- different aspect mm-hmm. to them. So Missy was in the work release program. She went to a Christian recovery service called Celebrate Recovery Inside. Inside jail?
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
3: one of the curriculums that we use. Um, From there, she ended up going to prison. She had already lost a couple of her children and had drugs and alcohol going on for a number of years. Hmm. Um, And then she was involved in the, it was called the Interchange Freedom Initiative Prison Fellowship Program. They've changed the name to Prison Academy.
0: Mm-hmm. IFI, the old IFI program.
3: Yeah, mhm. And um, so she grew, you know, her commitment to Christ in being in that program, which was longer, she grew in her faith. And then um, she went to... Um, Yeah, so she went, um, she is now out, and she has recently applied and will begin volunteering. She's been out for a while. She's gotten remarried to Mm -hmm. a person who also had uh, a similar past, and he went through the Serenity Village program. Okay. Um, And that's the one thing about, um, you know, one of the questions I know you're going to ask is... um, what's the impact of MEC in a sense where seed planting we don't yeah. do it alone
1: mm-hmm. we have
3: to work together with other Christians and and so now she's at the point where she's coming back she has applied and she will soon be cleared and be able to start teaching Celebrate Recovery in a different facility it's not the facility that she was in but it's close to there and um so both her and her husband will be.
2: Uh, wow. So they've come full circle. That's great. Mm-hmm. I love it. So she came That's in through great. a celebrated recovery yeah. in jail, uh-huh. and now they're going to actually be now teaching and leading. Going
0: back in there.
2: Correct. That's excellent. And I also want to stress, and you alluded to this, this whole idea of it being a process. Mm-hmm. I, I'm hearing a number mm-hmm. of different organizations Starting with, God bless the people who, the sheriff department that are running the jails Mm -hmm. and keeping people safe so we can go visit them, but MEC comes in and plants a seed, and then if, they, if somebody does go on to prison, mm-hmm. Prison Fellowship Academy, both for women in Shakopee, right. for men in Lionel mm-hmm. Lake's prison. That's right. And then when they step out, there's organizations like Serenity Village, who's mm-hmm. been on the host. Those are transitional housing programs that right. help people reenter society. Mm-hmm. And then they can come back to you again, Karen, yeah. <laughs> and come full circle and start yeah. giving back. What a powerful testimony yeah. and not unique. I'm, I'm, I know I've been through kind of that myself. I couldn't full circle from desperate and lost to, to prof- now doing it professionally. Hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So again, folks, we're listening, we're listening to Karen Selby, and we've got a couple more minutes left, so, um, and we'll reinforce the contact information, but what would you like? So we got a bunch of people listening in, Karen, who are, many of them, need, some of them need help, and so you know, we, we can help them with resources, but I think a lot of our audience want to help. Mm-hmm. So what what do you say, have in closing, Karen, for um, helping folks connect with you? Take the next step. What are your needs and how can they plug in?
3: Well, we start with a phone interview usually because then it helps us determine if it's going to be a good fit or not.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And then the then they would fill out an application and our application is right online. Okay. By the time I get an application then I, I'm that to me that's an indication that they're serious about proceeding. Because okay. I have a lot of people who inquire who say I want to help and um sometimes they follow through and sometimes they don't. So then when we get an application we check three references. Uh we don't do background checks but the jail that we send the person yeah. to... Yeah,
2: that would be back. a ne- necessary thing for them to volunteer inside a facility, right?
3: Mm-hmm. The, well, the county, yeah, the yeah. counties will do. And it varies a lot because some somebody, sometimes people who volunteered for many years that have something old in their background might not be able to get in. Yeah. But then sometimes somebody that can't get in in one particular county may be able to get into a different county if they're willing to drive
1: hmm.
3: so okay. it, it just varies a lot God seems to direct that um, sometimes by the book and sometimes
2: yeah recently. and it sounds like he uses you as a navigator too mm-hmm. I, I like that idea of the telephone call because not only can you do some screening it sounds like but also you could help someone like me sort through what the possibilities are and help me that's so great Karen because I think a lot of, a lot of our listeners just need a hand they need yeah. someone like you to guide them through it. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so again, they can call you directly. And let me just, folks, if you got a pencil or something handy, um, 651-408-1300. That's, uh, you'll be calling Karen Selby, mm-hmm. who is the Assistant Director of, the Missionary, of Missionary Evangelism to Corrections. They go by MEC a lot for mm-hmm. short. If you want to go get more information, you can go into to dot uh, I forgot all of that, and I Googled missionary evangelism to corrections, and I found the phone number and the site. That's so, good. if if you want to find them, folks, it ain't that tough. Google or go to the site, and and I think you've gotten. I'm glad you got to know Karen a little bit. On, on the air today so that when you're calling, you're not calling a stranger. You're calling someone who's been on the front line doing this for a number of years. And uh, again, Saul was on the show last week. We didn't really mention this, but Saul's day job is one of the Senior Vice Presidents for Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. as you were saying, Karen, the, the body of Christ is connected here and working together. And, right. and I always like to, in honor of Teen Challenge, I know there's people on the show who may be right now struggling with addiction. Or you may have a loved one. If if you are struggling, or you know someone who is struggling, um, let me give you a, let me give you a phone number for that six one two freedom six one two F R E E D O M. That will get you to a counselor and a coach at Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge, and they'll help you direct you to what kind of treatment support, from outpatient to inpatient. And again, if you got a helper's heart. And you want to help out, then you call Karen Selby, 651-408-1300. We've got a minute or two left. And Karen, we we wanted you to take the last minute to actually do a prayer for our listeners and for the and for the folks that are lost and for the sheriff's department. But before we turn it back to Karen to close, Pastor Dwight, any closing thoughts from you, sir?
0: Yeah, well, I think this is really important to be able to reach out to those in jail. And oftentimes, like Karen said, sometimes they're only there for a week or two weeks or three weeks, a short time. So that's why PMA got started with Joe Mason. He developed the Bible Correspondence Courses so that we could continue to help Hmm. people when they move around. So if people want to get our lessons, it's prisonmission.org, and you can contact us. And we'd love to send out to anybody incarcerated or even if you're not incarcerated and want to study the Bible and get free college credit. So with the time remaining, Karen, can you pray us out? And thanks again so much for the work that you're doing, and we're going to continue to pray for you and your ministry. Amen.
2: And when you hear the music, Karen, that means it's time to turn it over to Jesus.
0: Please, Karen.
3: Okay. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for, for everything that you, just your character and how you love all of us, I think of my my great nephew, or my Micah, who literally went to paradise and sat and talked with you, and you sent him back with the message that God loves you, and um, how good you are. And I thank you for what you did for us on the cross, and I thank you that you bring people from darkness to light, that you bring people uh, from the struggles, to the redemption I thank you that you use us that you've done that for us and that you use us to bring others to you
1: mm-hmm.
3: Father I thank you that you said uh, when we're in prison that, that when people are in prison that to go and visit them and I just pray for each of the inmates, each of the staff each of the listeners that are listening today Um, that you will guide and direct and uh, help us to to sense your presence and to know your path. You are the light of the world. You are the bread. You are the way.
2: And that's an amen. God bless you, Karen.